Folks, wonderful, great music this morning. I just really, I, I so enjoy the music here. Thank you. I know it's a lot of work to put that together and to, and to uh, present it properly, but boy, what a blessing. Blessing to my heart. I just love it. Thank you. Um, this last week, we had uh, Theodore Alexander Fursoff come into the world for uh, Alex and Fursoff's new uh, child. Yesterday, it was actually yesterday, 8 pounds, 11 ounces, and so thank the Lord for that. Amen. We just uh, see the Lord just continue to grow the congregation, and so that's a, that's a blessing to, to see that. Uh, children are a heritage of the Lord. Glad that you're here this morning. I see my friend, Brother Ron here, uh, Ron Payne, and uh, he, he, uh, um, his wife passed not too long ago, but I, it was one of the, one of the uh, most... Uh, moving uh, memorial services I think I had ever uh, been to was there at his home uh, in memory of his wife and uh, just as a, a blessing it's a blessing to be able to live a life to be able to look back and to thank the Lord for and, and to and to uh, see that yesterday we were able to be in uh, services where brother uh, Mojo's mother she passed last week and uh, uh, was in the memorial service yesterday, and it was very touching. It was just a, a blessing. Folks, that's the way that you want to live, is that after you're, you're gone, that you're missed and your impact is great. And I want to see our impact to be uh, great. Thank you for being here for this Sunday, which is our Vision Sunday. Looking forward to all of the things that are, that are uh, coming up ahead and uh, just exciting things. And that was a very unique presentation, Brother Chip. I really appreciate that with the, uh, you know, the whatever you call that, the graph. We're not using the scripture that talks about good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We're not going to be doing that because that probably wouldn't fit in that, in that particular. But <laughs> I just want to let you know that those, those cards that you got, that's for you to pray, for you to commit to, because we'd like to make that commitment by, what was it, April 7th. Okay, so it's by April 7th. What we can do, because we're not going to embark upon this until we have the money so, uh, to actually do that. So as we give, and for this special project, boy, boy, that's needed. It's very much needed. When the size of a congregation like this, between services or whatever, you know that, uh, wow, that's, uh, we really, we really, that's the next step that we need to do. So I'm excited about that, excited to see what the Lord's going to do for us as we move ahead uh, all in for him this coming year. First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse number 1. First Chronicles 29.1. I know there's been many things that we've covered this morning. And uh, by the way, tonight, uh, all of those that were here on the platform is going to be a very short message because each one uh, from the platform is going to be speaking about their ministry and whether they have needs and how that you can jump on. As a matter of fact, if you have any questions about the uh, the bathroom renovation and the uh, you know renovation coming up. You can ask questions tonight, and so uh, there's there's so many other things going on. It's going to be a, a short message tonight, and I know there's also many things this morning. So we're going to try to uh, 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 shorten it. Okay, what am I thinking of? Uh, condense. Thank you. Condense this morning's message. We only have one verse that we're going to read for our text. That's only the verse that we're jumping into the message with. But anyway, the verse is 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 1. 
<coughs> Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. This is the chapter, of course, on our uh, materials that we, we have listed, First Chronicles the, actually, the entire chapter, ch- chapter 29, we're kind of going to be going over that for the year. There's so many issues, so many uh, topics that we can address in that chapter. Uh, but it, 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 one of, the, one of the, the greatest verses, the key verses of that entire chapter is verse number one. Talking about the palace, the, the temple that, that David wanted to build himself, he couldn't, and he had to hand it off to Solomon. But this, tom- this temple was God's house and it was, it was, as he said in the, uh, remember last week, uh, exceeding magnificent. It's magnificent. It's, it's huge. It's, it's something that is a, a greater aspiration than any one of us could, could uh, uh, latch on to. It's, the work is great for the palace, he said, is not for man, but for the Lord God. Lord, thank you so much for this, your word. I pray that you help us to understand where the application lies in this church and our involvement in your work here today, Lord, I pray that you help us to, to adjust our perspective. We need to understand. We need to kind of put things in, in eternal light. So, Lord, I pray that you, you'd help us to, to gain these things. Help us to understand the urgency before us for us to commit, to totally uh, uh, consecrate ourselves to the work that is before us. Lord, I pray that you just give us a great year. But... N- not just that, this morning, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts, that you'd, you'd speak to me, to the congregation here, Lord, that you'd be with us, and you'd be pleased to have your work in our hearts done this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. As we look forward to 2019, we want to first of all recognize God's interest in his work on earth here at this time, Today. Where is God's work? What is God's work? Well, he started his church just as he said he would, that he promised. He promised it a continual existence on earth until he returns for his saints. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... Now, you have to get the conversation that he's talking about with Peter, asking who do men say that I am, and one said this, one said another. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He, he nailed it. He said, this is who you are. And that's what Jesus is referring to upon that statement, that rock, that foundational statement of who Jesus was. He says, upon that, this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No matter the opposition, the persecution, the attack against his church, it would be victorious. It would be alive and effective until he returns. And this is the church that brings him glory since he started it in this age. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 21 says, Unto him, unto God, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. You see, God gets glory in the church that he started, that he established. And and that's what we're talking about. This church... Every New Testament church that traces its lineage, its doctrine, its, its marching orders from the Savior is God's current work here on earth. 
Some mistaken Christian leaders have incorrectly concluded that the church has fallen into impotence and is now on life support, and that in, in their words, an end run around the church would be necessary to actually accomplish the great commission to reach the world for Christ. Sorry, that's not what God said. That's not what Jesus said. The church did not vanish. The church has never lost its power because of the head of the church, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has all power. The church has not lost direction or purpose. We still have the eternal, the uncorruptible, the powerful word of God, the blueprint for the church that he's given us, the word that cannot be broken, that will outlast this universe, that will endure forever, as Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse number 35, the scriptures cannot be broken. Aren't you glad that Jesus said that about his word? The scriptures cannot be broken. Matthew 5, 18, he said, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Everything that God said, every dotting of the I or crossing of the T, if you will, in English. He says it's all there and it's all going to be fulfilled just like God said, as he promised, till everything is fulfilled. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Wow. That's, that's a, a strong statement of the, of the instructions that God gave to his church, to his people. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 8, the grass withereth and the flower, flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. What a positive, what a confirming statement. And it is in this eternal living word that we have the promise of his power and his presence. In Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18, we call this the Great Commission, our marching orders. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. He says, you take this and you, you teach all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He says, all power is mine, and I'll be with you. Church, go get it. And that's, and that's the, the, the promise and the perpetuity that he gave for his church. So where is the work of God today? Now, in our text, when David talked about the temple of the Old Testament, he says the work is great. Well, where is the work of God today? What is his work today? Well, it's not in the Jewish nation. No, they're still on the shelf in unbelief, just like Paul said in Romans, that they're kind of put off to the side, and God's actually, in this time, in the tribulation period, they'll be... Uh, revived, and there's going to be a remnant to be redeemed. But today, God is gathering for himself a bride, his New Testament church. That's us. That's Wooden Valley Baptist Church. Are you too timid to admit the obvious? See, we follow his instructions. We come from an unbroken line of believers who were commissioned to reach the world for Christ. We have been maligned. 
hated and persecuted just like the master forewarned. We have his presence. We have his direction, his instruction, his blueprints for the church, if you will, just like he instructed us. So, folks, this is the work of God. Wooden Valley Baptist Church is the work of God today in this area. And that's a blessing to know that this is his church, that he promised his presence and his power to, to, go, to have to go with us. Now, David, in our text, was intimately involved in the work of God in his day. Uh, back then, the worship of the Creator was in the way that God instructed them through the uh, tabernacle and then the temple, the types and the pictures of the coming Messiah, the sacrifice lamb to take away the sin of the world. Uh, and that was the focus of the temple. That's where they worshipped and they sacrificed the animals and would take the blood and sprinkling of the blood on the mercy seat. Um, that's where God granted mercy to sinners on the ark, the ark of the covenant, if you remember. In the holy of holies, that's what they did. And that was the picture, the, the shadow, the type of what Jesus would do, and he would be the high priest with his blood going into the Holy of Holies, gaining mercy for all mankind. But that was the business of the temple, the the, uh, temporary tabernacle before then, and then the permanent temple's facilities whose purpose was to put forth the shadow of Jesus' blood to take away man's sin. And so David chose wisely to make Having a part in the worship of God to be his greatest duty, his greatest privilege, and the greatest aspiration of his life, he wanted to have part in building God's work, that temple. Thus we read in our text. Furthermore, now David is going, he's passing off the scene. He's leaving. He's no longer going to be king. He's an old man. He's about to die. And he's, and he's passing off the scene. He's kind of handing the, the uh, uh, baton to the next one, which is uh, his son, Solomon. He says, Further, furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. You know, this endeavor of building the temple where God was working. The work is great, he said, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. So he recognized the work of God and his role in its construction. Folks, that's where we are. We've got to recognize the work of God today and our role in being involved in building it. That's where we are. It's not just something that was written long ago for somebody else's learning. No, no, it's actually, the Bible says, it's for our learning. It's for our edification. These things are are for, for us to learn to 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 gain the knowledge of where we are today. So quickly, we'll look at an overview of David's involvement and apply that to this church this year as we go all in for him. Let's do that. He starts off with the word furthermore in our text. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 1. Furthermore. Now, Now, the word furthermore is a connecting word. We start the chapter with a statement of connection to what was stated before. Remember last week we began with, uh, with actually the groundwork laying for, for uh, this Sunday and, and this topic. Remember David's place in this construction. He so wanted to build the house of God. God had done so much for him. 
He wanted to do something meaningful to God. He loved the Lord. He wanted to have part in building his work, that temple, in his day. But remember that God had a different idea. So David wasn't the one to do this. He, he was prevented from doing this. God said, no, you're, that's not my plan. I don't have you to do this, but your son will. Solomon was divinely chosen for the construction. And David covers the story in the previous chapter how he wanted to build but couldn't, but then resolved to help in any way that he could. He says, okay, so if I'm not able to build, I'm going to do all that I can. I'm going to try my dead level best to further the work of God, to, get, to make it easier for Solomon to build. So David covers the story in the previous chapter, how he wanted to build, but he couldn't. And as a matter in the next verse, which we're not getting there today, in verse number two of our text, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse two, he says this, now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for the things to be made of gold, the silver for the things of silver, the brass, the iron. He goes on and on. He says, hey, listen, I've gotten the raw materials. I've done all that I can. I've prepared with all my might. Everything, I've, I've been all in. Totally committed. Nothing held back. 100%. I've prepared with all my... I've done everything I can to further the work. He was going to do whatever he could in any way that he could and sacrifice for this palace, for this temple to be built. So here he is. Not able to build himself, but the work of God is bigger than any one person. That's a blessing right there to understand that. I have a great comfort knowing that the things that I'm involved with here have eternal meaning. Not just right here, right now. When I'm off the scene, God's work is going to go on. So David could throw himself full force into God's work. It was worthy of his best. God is worthy to sacrifice for and live for and aspire for, even to die for. And that was him and how he turns to the actual construction of the temple. And so we see three things in this one verse that we're going to cover and we'll be done. This endeavor demands everything we've got. We need to be all in for him in these three ways. First of all, in this verse, verse number one, there's an identification of the builder. And that's Solomon, 1 Chronicles 29.1. Furthermore, David the king said unto the congregation, Solomon's the man. He points him out. He says, I'm, I'm passing off the scene. I can't build this. Solomon is the one. He's the one that God chose. He's the one that will continue. Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender. Hey, church members, you got to understand that we are the laborers here in God's work. We are, we are the embodiment of that group back then, there, that's who we are in God's work today, right here. We're the laborers here. We're the builders of his kingdom. But we must understand our limitations and our frailties, just like Solomon. What did he call him? He, he said he was young and tender, kind of frail. He, he, he's not going to be able to do This is a great work. I don't, I'm not sure that, that he, he can do this. He, he's not able to do this himself. And folks, we can't do this ourselves. We can't build the work of God. Uh, listen, I, I want to say this. I can't do anything for God. 
I can't, I can't do the, the, the slightest, the smallest thing for God. But He can through us. He desires to use me. He desires to use you. Wow, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that tremendous that God wants to use us to build His work? And we've been chosen to build, just as Solomon was chosen to construct the temple. Folks, we didn't ask for this task, did we? No, no. Jesus looked at his church that he started, and he says, Go ye therefore. Well, what if I don't want to go? Hey, it doesn't matter. I've got a job. I've got a commission that Jesus laid upon me. He laid these things upon me. The one that had the, the talents, the one talent, the uh, two talents, the five talents, in the parable that Jesus spoke about, they didn't ask for those talents, did they? No, but the master gave it to them. Uh, pay attention. Right here. This is where we're, we're at. He, listen, he, he said, uh, this is what I'm handing in your hands. You didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for this talent. I don't want this opportunity. Hey, it doesn't matter. I didn't ask to be in the Lord's army. But you know what Paul said? You're a soldier in the army of the Lord, and now act like one. You're in the army now. <laughs> hey, however you got here, you're in. You are, you've been inducted into God's service. And folks, it's not like we asked for this job. No, the Lord laid this upon us. We didn't enlist in God's forces, but here we are. We didn't ask to be uh, given the talents, but he put it in our hands. But that's it. We are the Solomon. So here in this, in this uh, 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 verse, uh, verse 1, he identified the builder. That's Solomon. And then he clarified the building. The clarification of the building in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 1. And he says, And the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. This is God's work. This is God's palace. It's God's idea, not yours, not mine. This is the Lord's. We've got to get things into the proper perspective, especially when we're dealing with the Lord's things. Folks, this is not like a job that you punch in and punch out and any other uh, pursuits or, or focus that you have on your life. No, it's beyond that. It's above that. It's more important than that. This is not a human endeavor. It's not a temporal task. It's not a finite kingdom. No, no, no. This is eternal, divine. This is for God's honor. An executive spent the day working in a beautiful apartment right on the coast. <coughs> Sent there, didn't have the time to actually uh, enjoy things, but he's in an ideal situation, be beautiful day. Although he really didn't have the time to fully enjoy the surroundings, when he needed to stretch, he decided to take a walk on the beach. So he did, and he, he came across a young boy who literally spent hours building an elaborate sandcastle under the constant canopy of an afternoon sun and a blue sky. So enraptured in his construction and his creativity, he ignored a call from his mother that lunch was waiting for him and his siblings. As a matter of fact, he didn't even notice much around his miniature universe of imagination and crusade battles as he's forming this castle. Boy, he's really into it. He especially paid no mind to the sounds of the waves that were advanced, advancing in, inch by inch, towards his 
enterprise. With every soft, stereophonic lap of water, he was reminded, repeat, repeated over and over a hundred times, as you hear the Time's running out. Time's running out. He dug out the moat around his complex. The walls were designed to withstand attack from enemies and complete with parapets and an opening for a drawbridge. He stationed plastic army men at strategic locations overlooking the countryside. The main edifice, long developed beyond overturned sand pails, all Intricate, they were placed side by side and shaved to give that strong foundational look of rock and cement and mortar. It's all sand. And any would, an enemy would find it nigh impossible to span the protections. Elaborate mazes and bridges graced his kingdom as seconds ticked away to minutes. Minutes gathered to support ideas and moments. Moments gave way to hours. Hours were laid side by side to support what the boy thought was his life's crowning achievement. A castle to shame all castles. The businessman was watching from a shielded position. He thought he'd break from his business calls for a moment to leave his apartment to breathe the sea air in and take in the rays. And So he saw this. He saw what was going on. The boy's intensity was what first caught his attention boy was kind of just ignoring him, but he came next to the castle, kind of looking at it for, for a while, and he says, cool castle. Been working long on it? Didn't he look up for a while? You know the tide's coming in. So? Well, it, it, it'll ruin your work. Well, mister, that's why I built the strong outer wall. It'll be Okay. There's no dissuading him, and so the businessman quietly stepped away and just smiled and admired the boy's tenacity and increased efforts from a distance. It only took a few minutes to witness the engagement of the battle between the clock and the kid. All at once, a wave reached the west wall, and it began to crumble. He barely finished, and now he'd have to replace his original wall of protection. And all of a sudden, he realized he'd ignored all afternoon, the whole afternoon. It brought dread and terror to his face. The tide was unstoppable. The tide was coming in. The continual 20-second warnings were ignored while his imaginations soared. Waves met the perimeter of his kingdom, and the boy scrambled to bolster the inevitable to counter, to save, to fight back the enemy of time. It took a moment for him to just surrender. He knew it was futile. There was nothing he could do. Nothing but watch as his masterpiece was flattened bit by bit, wave by wave. Why, he didn't even have time enough to get a friend and glory in his efforts. It's gone, gone, all gone. It seemed like just a few minutes and nothing more survived than an imperceptible mound of sand given a few more minutes and you couldn't even tell any effort at all was expended in that spot. It hit the businessman like a ton of bricks. 
See, time was continuing on regardless of the efforts to ignore or to oppose it. His whole life was no more than that little boy's sandcastle. Regardless of the continual warnings of life's brevity, he plowed on to fervently increase the size and the scope of his castle. But no matter what, time will claim his efforts also, just as the tide erased the sandcastle. See, God's unstoppable truth is, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Folks, we better get things in a proper perspective. Anything you can put your effort to in this life is merely temporary. It's going to pass away. But the Lord and his kingdom is eternal. First Chronicles 29, our text, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. It's for God. And it's the only thing that's going to last. So, We learn in this uh, verse the identification of the builder. We learn of the clarification of the building, God's palace. And now let's take a look at the dedication to the job. That verse again, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Folks, with this kind of an effort, this kind of a, of a task, this is going to take commitment. <clears throat> this is going to take drive. It's going to take everything, dedication, consecration, a commitment to total dedication. If, you've, if, you, if you're going to do this, then you've got to commit all in for him. Whatever he, he requires, that's it. I'm all in for him. See, folks, when we're talking about serving the Lord, a half-hearted effort will not work. That's where the passage in Leviticus makes sense. It's said over and over and over, we find the first one in Leviticus 18, verse number 4, where God lays things out of serving him, and he uses this one phrase that you'll see, again, you'll recognize it over and over. In Leviticus 18, 4, He shall do my judgments, God says, and keep mine ordinances to walk therein, and I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which, and he's talking about his word, his instructions, his judgment, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. (coughs) That's kind of strange, a strange way to put that. Talking about God's word. If a man do, and if you're going to follow this, it's going to take your life. It's going to take you living in the word. His judgments, his word, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. You see, folks, if you're going to follow the Lord, you've you've got to give it all. You've got to live in it, in his instruction. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 29. And he testified against them that thou mightest bring them again unto thy law. Yet they dealt proudly and hearkened not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments. Talking about God's word, thy judgments. Which if a man do... He shall live in them. How about that? Same phrase. But they withdrew the shoulder and hardened their neck and would not hear. They didn't give it all they got. They they were half-hearted. And he says, no, no, no. God's judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. 
Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 11. And I gave them, God says, my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord uh, that sanctified them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statutes, and they despised my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. He says twice in this same passage. My Sabbaths they greatly polluted. Then said I, I would pour out my fury upon them in the wilderness to consume them. He says, nah, you can't serve me halfway. My judgments, my commandments, listen, the only way you follow these is giving it all you got, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. Half-hearted work will not work, not with God. It's all or nothing. Everything or don't look to, to call yourself a disciple of Christ. What a giant undertaking that Solomon in our text is taking on. He's going to build a temple, a palace for God. My goodness. And he's young and tender, as David called him. He said, the work is great for the, for the king of kings. It's a great work. It's an eternal work. Our worship, our, our, our <coughs> uh, coming before the king, I'm telling you, that's the most important thing that you can be involved in. It's going to take a total commitment, all in, for him. Furthermore, David, the king, said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender. The work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Folks, this will take for all of us to be all in. How about it? Let's jump in. Let's do it. Let's commit. Every head bowed. Nobody looking for just a moment. God, we thank you for inviting us to your work. And we thank you.